Snuggle up and let me read you a little something. Say goodbye to it and settle right in For hugs, snuggles, stories and more And so many sweet things in store Welcome to Afternoons with Mimi Is that you out there? (sighs) Well, dear heart, you are in some mood. Want to tell me what's going on? Mimi, is it okay if I just sit here for a minute? Absolutely. I'm putting the finishing touches on my pizza challah. I'll be in the kitchen if you need me. (sighs) Pineapple and olives? Revolutionary. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this. That is too many olives. Uh, Mimi? Yes, my love? I'm ready to come in and have snack now. Perfect. The first challah is done. It's just a standard sauce, cheese, and veggie roni. That's pepperoni made from vegetables. I'll cut you a slice while you tell me what's going on. It's just that... Well, it's Sukkot, and our house is so crowded and busy. Ema and Baba have people coming over every night, and Baby Z is teething and stays up all night crying, and we have new neighbors, and Baba keeps inviting them over, and there's just always too much going on at our house. Ema was even teaching her painting classes in our living room this morning. I can't stand it. I just want to be alone to read. Hmm, that is a predicament. You know, honey, I can see how you might feel overwhelmed by the noise and the visitors. Have you tried telling Ema and Baba that sometimes you need a few minutes in your room before you can be social? No, not yet. I just smile and talk to everyone because Ema says that's polite. Well, it is a mitzvah to welcome guests, especially during Sukkot. That's one of the best parts of the holiday. But I also understand, kiddo, that sometimes some people, like you, for example, need a little bit of quiet to recharge so you can enjoy your visit with guests more. Yeah, I don't know, Mimi. I think I want to live in a little house by myself forever. Forever? Hmm, I have a story that might make you think differently. And a little surprise. You sit and eat. Here's the surprise. What's that? The last time Uncle Chris was here, he recorded a story for you. Since you don't get to see each other a lot, he thought it might be nice for you to hear him read you a story. Oh, I like that. Thanks, Mimi. Now snuggle up and let's listen together. Never Too Quiet. Written by Barbara Diamond Golden. Illustrated by Amanda Hall. Published by PJ Publishing. Every day, people flock to Rabbi Pinchas with their questions and their problems, their troubles and their sorrows. From morning until late at night, there was a line outside the rabbi's house. Today was no different. Such a commotion. It was like the heart of the marketplace before the Sabbath. When Rabbi Pinchas looked out the window at the crowd of squabbling people, he groaned, 
almost evening and still a line. Not even on the Sabbath do they leave me alone. My head hurts and my eyes see double. Rabbi Pinchas looked longingly at his books, piled all around on shelves, on the desk, and on the floor. Not a minute to think, or study, or pray. The rabbi straightened up suddenly and banged his fist on the table. Enough is enough, he said, grabbing pen and paper. In bold black letters, he printed the words, absolutely no visitors. Rabbi Pincus got up from the table and carried his sign to the front door. There are other rabbis in Koritz, he told the people. They can help you as well as I. Then he hung his sign on the front door and went to sleep. Such a sleep I haven't had since I was a baby. Rabbi Pincus thought as he washed his hands the next morning. He smiled, thinking of the many hours ahead of him to read and study and pray. All day, no one knocked, no one called, no one burst into the house. What a simple thing, a sign, he thought, and how it works. Weeks went by, summer weeks filled with quiet hours. Rabbi Pinchas had time to read and to write. He had time to visit with other rabbis in faraway towns. And he had time to walk by the river near his house, watching the sky change above him and the birds swoop down for insects and worms. But one evening, while Rabbi Pinchas sat eating his simple meal, he felt a little sad. The study, the house, the yard, all seemed, well, too quiet. He shook his head as if to shake off the thought. Too quiet? <laughs> he chuckled, remembering the commotion. It can never be too quiet. He pushed the thoughts and the feelings away and picked up a book. But his mind wandered as he read, and he found himself thinking of Shana, the egg lady. He remembered all the times she had brought him fresh eggs and herb teas and news of the marketplace. He thought of Yonkel, the Hebrew teacher. Yonkel no longer walked home with him from synagogue to argue over a Bible passage. And Hesha, that nuisance of a boy, who was he plaguing at this very moment? The rabbi thought of how Hesha used to beg him for a story of how he would tell Hesha about the little village where he grew up, about the times he had long forgotten and was amused to remember. He would become young again in the telling, as young as Hesha, and they would laugh together. The rabbi shook his head. It's never too quiet, he told himself once again and picked up his book. The summer weeks passed, and autumn came with its cooler air, falling leaves, and holidays. The rabbi's Rosh Hashanah was sweet with learning, but he dipped the apple into the honey alone. On Yom Kippur, he prayed uninterrupted, but broke his fast by himself. When the Feast of Tabernacles came, he put up his little sukkah without any help. He lifted the wooden boards for the walls and cut the pine branches for the roof. He hung apples and grapes, pears and squash. 
On his way to evening prayers at the synagogue, the rabbi felt those sad and lonely feelings. Those thoughts about Shana and Yonkel and Hesha bubble up. But this time, the rabbi didn't push them down. Maybe, just this once, I can have a guest or two, he thought. After all, what is a sukkah without guests? Like a wedding without a bride and groom. So after the prayers, he stopped Shana. Come for some wine and cake, he said. All of a sudden, I'm invited, Rabbi? Shana shrugged her shoulders and held up her hands. I can't come. I'm going to Rivka's. Yonko looked surprised, too, when the rabbi invited him. I'm sorry, Rabbi, he said. I've made plans with Velvel. And Hesha looked frightened and disappeared altogether as soon as he saw the rabbi coming. Rabbi Pinchas returned to his sukkah alone and stood at the table, singing the proper blessings over the candles and the wine. It was time to invite the ancestors to join him. O Abraham, my holy guest, you so full of kindness. May it please you to have all the holy guests together in this sukkah, Rabbi Pinchas chanted. When he looked up from his prayer book, he thought he saw movement by the door. Perhaps it's Shana or Yonkel or Hesha come to join me after all, he thought. He looked more closely, and he could see a figure in the shadows, an old man wearing a long robe and carrying a walking stick. On his head was a turban, and on his feet sandals. He looked like a man newly come from the Holy Land. Come in, Rabbi Pinka said. You are welcome. I was afraid to come in, the man answered in a deep, strong voice. Surprising in one so old. He didn't move from the shadows. I saw your sign. Oh, that, the rabbi answered wearily. Day after day, it was people and problems and yelling and squabbling. I couldn't think. But tonight is a time to remember our journey in the desert and to celebrate the bounty of our harvests. What kind of celebration is it when you're alone? The old man nodded in agreement. Life is not just studying and praying and thinking. It is also teaching and listening, celebrating, working, and giving, he said. Rabbi Pinchas felt a shiver of shame. He knew the old man was right. What could he have been thinking, closing himself in his study all these months? What kind of a rabbi was he? That sign, he said to the old man. I'm going to have to change that sign. But there was no one there. The old man was gone. The next day, Rabbi Pinchas went to pray in the synagogue. He greeted everyone warmly and invited each person to join him in his sukkah after services. He also asked after the old man, but no one had seen him. Certainly they would have noticed a newcomer from the Holy Land. With a cane and a robe and a headdress? Questioned Yonkel. You're sure you weren't dreaming? Rabbi Pinchas thought of the old man's words. No, he said, it wasn't a dream. It was then that Rabbi Pinchas remembered the prayer he had recited just before he saw the old man, the prayer calling to Abraham. Could it be that the old man was not a newcomer from the Holy Land, but the wise patriarch himself? As soon as the holiday was over, Rabbi Pinchas took down his sign. He took his pen, and to the bold, black, absolutely no visitors, he added, in the afternoon. Then Rabbi Pinchas hung the sign back on his door and went into his study to wait for people with their squabbles and their problems, their troubles and their sorrows, and their laughter 
and their joy. The end. Hmm. Something on your mind? I guess. I guess I'm a little like Rabbi Pincus. But you're right, Mimi. I don't really want to be alone forever. I'd miss everyone, like you, and our new neighbors, and Ima and Baba and Baby Z. At school, Mora Ari keeps talking about boundaries, and I think I get it. Go on. I need to tell Baba and Ima that I need to read for a little bit before company comes over. Then I'll be a better host because I'll be excited to be with people. That's the ticket, kiddo. Now, help me pack up these chalot. We're headed over to your house for dinner in the sukkah. Can't wait. 